Thanks for joining us on this week's Real Life Church podcast. We'd love to know if God is using this ministry to bless you in some way. And if you'd like to share your story or know more about getting involved at Real Life Church, you can visit us on our website at livereallife.com today. All right, all right, all right. Let's go ahead and open God's Word today. We're going to continue uh, our series called Make a Difference, and I'm in part three of this series. I am pumped about today. I'm going to talk to you. um, When it comes to making a difference, uh, one of the characteristics that we talked about last week was valuing people. And so this week, we want to talk about a subject called integrity. I believe that if we're going to win others to Christ, that we have to live a life of integrity. And the way I've set this message up, if I set it up into a series of questions, that we're going to go through these questions together. And I want you to really evaluate your life of integrity. And what does integrity mean? What does it look like? And then we're going to go through some questions and see how, how, what level your integrity is right now. And so I read this quote by Dwight Eisenhower. He put it this way. He said, in order to be a leader, which we all are, we're all influencers, whether it's in our home, whether it's at work, whether it's... Uh, you know, whether it's out at the ball field, wherever we're at, we're influencers. He says, in order to be a leader, a man must have followers. I heard it put this way. If you're a leader and don't have followers, you're probably just taking a walk. Come on, this is, I liked it. He says, and to have followers, a man must have their confidence. And hence, the supreme quality of a leader is unquestionably integrity. Without, no real success is possible. Come on, man. This is Dwight Eisenhower. This is what he said. And and here's the definition of integrity. The definition of integrity is this. It's the state of being complete, unified, or I like this the best, being one with yourself. Oneness with yourself. When it comes to integrity and living a life of integrity, most of us, we don't realize this, but most most people today live with two types of lives. We have a public life. And we have a private life. And most of the time, those two, ma- those two do not match. Most of the time, we live a certain way in private. But when we're around a certain group of people, we live another way. Come on, somebody. And if we're going to win somebody to Christ and make a difference in the earth, who we are in private, we must be in public. Are you hearing me this morning? Because that's what integrity is. Integrity is being whole with oneself. And let me put it this way. That uh, uh, oneness with self or... There is no division with yourself. Uh, You're not a double-minded man. You're not living one way, uh, again, in private and another way in public. There's no division in your relationship. So uh, I'm talking all the way down to your text messages, to your Snapchats, to, come on, somebody, to, come on, all the way down to that, that if, if it's different in private than it is that you're portraying in public, you have to make sure and you have to understand that you may be lacking some integrity And if we're going to make a difference, I believe the world wants to see people that are going to be real, yes, but also be whole. Come on, somebody. Like, we're not going to to be one way. I know this mess is going to get all up in your business. I know where I'm going. I'm excited. I like getting all up in your business. You okay if I get all up in your business? All right. I'm going to get up in your business and inspire you a little bit. Um, And whether we realize this or not, when you think about integrity, living two different lives is exhausting. People that I know that live two different lives, like they're one way in private and they're another way at church, and they're just, they just look exhausted. Why? Because they're, they're trying to keep up a, a secret private life, all the means why trying to keep up a public life. Why don't you just be whole in both lives? And won't, you won't be as tired. You won't be as exhausted. 
you, 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 you won't be trying to keep up. And so here, here's a couple things you must understand is image. Image is this. Image is what people think we are. Integrity is what we really are. And most people, they like to look clean on the outside. They like to focus on the image. We have an upfront image when it comes to, when it comes to people. We want to put a first impression out there. But when, when we focus on image, we get into a lifestyle where image is everything. I mean, that's what the whole, the whole social media thing's about. You know, you go to Instagram, you see everybody's highlight reel. You don't see nobody fighting on there that are married. Come on, somebody. You didn't put that out there last week. You fought on the way to church. Did you, how many tweeted? Nobody said that this morning. Why? Because we put all the good stuff on there. We put all the highlight reel there. And, and that's the way we live our lives. Well, we have to realize, now I'm not saying you go there and say you fought on the way to church. Don't do that. But I am saying this, is that we can't focus solely on image. And when you start to live based on image, you start to lose integrity. I was reading this this week that Christian kids that grew up in church. How many of you are an adult that was a Christian kid that grew up in church? Great. Good to see. Um, let me ask this question. How many of you out of high school had a detour where you weren't no longer in church, but you were serving? <laughs> yeah, praise God, detours. The same people that raised their hand. <laughs> and here's what's funny, and this might not be your story, but I was reading this article this week, and here's what they're, tra they're tracing back to kids in that, in that, um, that post-high school uh, age group. Uh, again, everybody's post-high school, but up to about 25. Um, and, and basically what happened is that the young adults, they're, they're walking away from God. They're, 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 they're stepping away from church. They're stepping away from God's word, even though they were raised in it. And that's why is because it's being traced back to the integrity of their parents. Here's what I mean. They grew up in a home that focused on image. Get your deal together. We're going to church, everybody. Come on now. And we get into church, but then we live differently when we're at home. And what's happening is, is it's creating a generation of kids, and it's not that these kids don't want God. They just don't want, they just don't want fake. They don't want private life being different than their public life. Well, and they'll live right out in front of you. They don't care. They'll cuss right in front of you. I mean, they live out in front of you. That's, that's the mentality of that age. They want to they, they, they be real. They don't want to be fake. They wanna, if they're going to do it privately, let's do it public. So the point is this, is that there's been a lack of integrity. So we're creating generations of kids that walk away from God because the parents aren't living in a place of integrity. We're, we're not living, we're, we're living two different lives. Well, I believe Jesus wants to help us. I believe Jesus wants us to not just deal with our image, but Jesus wants to deal with our integrity because that's what we really are. And, and not just focusing on image, but focusing on our integrity. So here's my question for you this morning, is are you one? Are you one with yourself? Are you whole? Uh, the, word, uh, the word integrity comes from the word whole, comes from the word one. Are you one with yourself? Or are you living two different lives today? I know this isn't a popular message, but I really believe that if the church would live with integrity, people would want what we got. Come on, somebody. Let me keep going on down the road here. Proverbs 10, 19 says this. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but whoever takes crooked paths will be found out. In other words... Before long, you're going to be found out. You're going, to, you're going to live a private life and live a public life, and those two things don't matter. The Bible says this, says that, you're going to, that, that those that are unfaithful or those that live this uh, two separate lives, that the crooked path that you've chosen, you'll be found out. So whatever you're doing in private, are you ready for it to be read on the front page of the newspaper? Because that's who you really are. 
Proverbs 11.3. The integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. Doubleness, duplicity. He says, Proverbs says, the integrity of the right, your integrity is supposed to guide you. Your integrity is supposed to lead you somewhere. But he says, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their double-mindedness or their duplicity, their double way of living. And I really believe this about our generation, is that integrity produces two things in our lives. It produces trust and it produces credibility. When we live with integrity in the culture that we're living in, we're going to stand out differently. Why? Because it's not all over the place. It's rare. It's rare that you find people that are living a, a, a public life and a private life seamlessly the same way. Don't just pray in public, but do you pray in private? Don't just worship at church, do you worship in private? Come on, somebody. Don't just love the people that are in front of you in public and treat your family like dirt in private. See, that's, that's the issue we're dealing with. And so God wants us to, to, to be a generation of people that if we're going to be influencers and we're going to make a difference, then we need to be people that, of integrity that's going to produce a trust and credibility in our lives that lead people to know Jesus. So here's some questions I want you to wrestle with on how to help you grow your integrity this morning. You ready? You ready? You thought that was the first question, didn't you? You ready? I'm ready. Here we go. Number one is this. Is my personal walk with God up to date? If we're going to live in a place of integrity, help us grow in our integrity, is my personal walk with God up to date? Listen, if you don't read your Bible and pray, you have a problem with integrity. Well, pastor, that's pretty hard this morning. Why is it hard? It's reality. If you don't read your Bible and pray, you have a problem with integrity because the Bible challenges the image in us. If we're building an image and we're not building integrity, the reason we don't want to read the Bible is because the, the Bible doesn't challenge the integrity. The Bible challenges the image that you've, create, that you've created. So he said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, here, here's, here's, here's the thought is when we, when we neglect it, we, most people neglect the reading of the Bible. Why? Because it exposes the real you. We don't want to read that part we don't want to read that part of the Bible because it's going to expose who we really are. The Bible's like a mirror. When we look in the mirror, we see who we really are. And so we stay away from the Word, and our Bible and our relationship with God is not up to date. We are for sure up to date on politics. We're up to date on the latest racial issues. We're, we're up to date on the latest COVID-19 announcements. We're up on the latest this and the latest that. But our personal walk with God is out of date. How many of you eat outdated food? Some, some of you raise your hands like gradually. Okay, all right. All right, you got stomach issues, praise God. I'm not going to eat some outdated food. Now, maybe a day, okay, maybe a day, maybe some cheese a day later, all right, something like that. You can melt cheese and it's, it's back up to date, right? <laughs> Nobody really eats outdated food on a regular basis. You check the expiration date, and you determine if it's okay, if it's okay, if it's okay to consume. <laughs> Bless your hearts. If it's okay to consume. And, and you, you walk away from it. Why? Because it's expired, so you don't want to partake of it. What if the church lived an updated today life that wasn't expired 
with Jesus and our relationship with God was up to date, how many of the world would want to taste and see that the Lord is good because there's a church that has an updated relationship with God and it's not stale, broken, busted, filled with depression, anxiety, and all this craziness that we deal with. Let's just live up to date with Jesus. Nobody wants your expired relationship. They don't desire it. That's why 98% of the church has never led anyone to Christ personally. Why? It's because our, our relationship with God is outdated. Where well, I just don't know if I can do that. Well, then you're going to continue to eat the fruit of the seed that you're sowing. <clears throat> so God wants us in his word to wrestle with that question. How up to date is our relationship? Hebrews 4.12 says this, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God, when we examine our life through God's word, all of a sudden it challenges the image in us, and we can be changed and transformed. Romans 12.2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Listen to me. Nobody desires not to be transformed. Like if you think about it, when you get up and you, when you're living with God and you're walking with God, do you honestly say, I just want to stay stuck? I get up every morning and I'm just like, I don't want to be stuck today. I don't want to change. No, let's, let's, let's think of your heart for a moment. Most people have that desire in them. It's just a matter of taking the desire and turning it into application so you can see transformation. And until that happens, you can desire all day long a relationship with God, an up-to-date relationship with God. But if you're not in the Word and you're not spending time in prayer, listen, you'll never have an application that will lead to transformation. God wants to transform you, but he wants you to apply some principles that will bring that transformation. Come on. So up-to-date relationship with God, how is it? Number two, am I keeping my priorities straight? Am I keeping my priorities straight? I do some marriage counseling, and one thing I've known is marriages fall apart today and become stale because it's, not, because it's lost priority in the attempt to run down success. Marriages fall apart today because it's no longer a priority. What are your priorities? My priorities are God. Some of you would say, if you're married, it's marriage, it's my wife. If you're single, maybe a little bit different, maybe God, and then the third is kids. And then finally is my career. That's kind of how I prioritize things. But it's first Jesus. And then everything out of that relationship determines how well I do in the other ones. So the first thing we must understand is and wrestle with this question, how are my priorities? Are you spending more time with your buddies on the golf course than you are with your family? Are you spending more time doing other things? Huh? If, you're, if you're hours on the internet... Instead of spending time with your kids, you're missing it. Hours playing video games, you're missing it. Why? It's because those are not the priorities that God wants you to have established in your life. Mark 8, 36 says this, For what shall profit or benefit a man if he shall gain the whole world but lose his own soul? In other words, what's your priority? What's your priorities? we got to wrestle with that if we're going to live with integrity. Number three is this. Am I accountable to someone in authority in my life? This is going to be a tough one for some of you. Am I accountable to someone in authority in my life? 1 Thessalonians 5, 12, and 13 says this, 
And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. Hebrews says it this way, 13, 17 says, obey those who rule over you and be submissive. We don't like that word. We don't like this mentality. And he says this, for they watch over your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief. In other words, quit being so stinking stubborn with those that are authoritative in your life. Then he says this, for that would be unprofitable for you. Who has rule over you according to these passages? And let me, get, let, me, let, me, let me say this real quick. The answer is not Jesus. What do I mean by that? The answer only is not Jesus. Well, I just, Jesus. Jesus is the one I answer to. Yeah, but if you treat everybody on earth like dirt and you don't submit yourself to some sort of authority in your life, you're really not connected to Jesus. Jesus, Jesus instituted authority in the earth. Jesus instituted authority and structure and, and authorities in the earth. And, and every time we rebel against them, we're really a, a rebelling against Jesus. Now, I know some of you don't like that because you're rebellious in nature. Uh, some of you don't like that, that you just want to be Jesus and you in a corner. That's not the way life works. That's not the way scripture works. That's not the way integrity works. You need people in your life that are over you. I have people in my life that are over me. They're called overseers. They watch out for me. They, they, they talk to me. They find out how I'm doing. I can go to them at any moment and tell them, hey, here's what's happening. Here's who, I'm having a bad day, man. Uh, I'm tripping. I just want to drive 150 mile an hour down the, uh, down the road until I run out of gas. Like, it's one of those days. Here's the five people I feel like choking. Amen. <laughs> there's there's this, this ruling over you. And then it says this. It says Submission. Let me ask you a question, who you submitted to? Well, I'm only submitted to Jesus. You're out of line. I'll keep reading. You know why? Submission is not agreement. We think submission is agreement. Submission is not agreement. There has to be a disagreement for there to be submission. There has to be a disagreement in order to be submissive. In order for you to obey the authority that's over you, there has to be some sort of disagreement. I had this conversation yesterday. So the Bible says that you are to submit to your husbands as, as you know, the church does to Christ. So is there disagreement between Christ and the church? And I would say yes. And here's why. If God gives you something in his word, most of the time you're not in agreement with it. It's called the flesh. Our flesh is not in agreement with God. And so all of a sudden we find ourselves at this authoritative moment that says, God, am I going to crucify my flesh and let you rule? Or am I going to buck against the authority of your spirit in my life and live any old way I want? I would say, yes, there's a disagreement. So there has to be a submissive heart. Who rules over you? Listen, authority teaches us how to have a submitted heart to God. People in our life that are, that are, that are the authorities in our life, that we, they teaches us how to have a submitted heart to God. You have to be very careful how you talk about governing authorities in the earth. Well, I just don't like their policies. I don't like what they're doing. I don't like this. I don't like that. Hold on a second, folks. Be careful. Be very, very careful. Scripture is very clear about what happens when you talk against authority. What happens when you talk against authority? Well, ask the guys that talked against Elijah the prophet. They got ate by bears. Well, you don't have to worry about that here. We don't have bears. 
The point is, is God doesn't put up with it. God doesn't put up with this mentality. But integrity teaches us how we must wrestle with the authority question in our life. Listen, many times how you submit to authority in your life is how you submit to God. And listen, sometimes he puts you under different authority to test you. Come on, man. Sometimes he puts you in a position to test you in certain authorities. David, David and Saul, that's all David learned. David learned how to submit to an evil king. I mean, he had him in the cave. Saul was going to the toilet in the cave. And all, all David had to do was shank him. What? Bam! He gone on the ground. Why didn't he do that? He said, I touch not God's anointed. Even though he was an evil king, God had put him in authority. So David said, I'm not going to touch that because I don't want to touch God. I don't want the, 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 the results of messing with God's authority. Listen, when it comes to authority in your life and integrity, you have to invite this. You have to invite people into the authority in your life. And listen, be careful not to invite only people who agree with you all the time. See, when we invite authorities into our life, that now I'm not saying get somebody that's in constant disagreement with you. But what I am saying, there has to be people in your life that will not agree with you on everything, okay? And th that's what we have overseers for. In my life, personally, I have overseers. And I, my wife's always right. She's always right. Look, she amen me now. Did you see that? She was like, amen. You know, you know that's right. Boy, you better preach it. I like you. Come on, somebody. But she's always right. I'm like, listen, I'm going to try it this way. And then at the end of it, me trying it, she's like, why didn't you just listen to me in the first place? Well, whatever. You're, listen, your best friends and your best relationships are those that can correct you. Patrick Conrad, Justin Wiggin, they're some of my best friends in my life, and they have that access to me to be able to correct me in some things. And I believe that's our best relationships. Listen, we don't like that because we're rebellious in nature. We don't like that mentality because we're, 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 we're rebellious in nature. So we need to build relationships. Here's what I would say to look for if you're going to choose an authority in your life. Look at their marriage. Do they have a solid family? Do they have financial integrity? And do they have proven leadership? That's the kind of things we're looking at. We're not just looking at one side. We're looking at the entire gamut of possibilities and characteristics. They love me. They, they pour into me. Let, me. let me ask you this question. Who is it in your life that is authority to you? Do you listen to them? Do you invite that into your life? Do you invite those comments? Do you invite that intimate moment into your life? Say, hey, hey, man, how can I be a better husband? And then actually do what they say. Not just ignore it, but how many of you know that when we get these people in our life that we have an opportunity to grow in the moment. So this, this is important for us if we're gonna live with integrity. Number four is this, am I overly concerned with image building? If you're gonna live in integrity and how to grow in integrity, are you overly concerned with image building? Here's some questions for you under this, is this, when I do something for the Lord, do I care if I receive credit for it? You know we have a whole setup and teardown team and most of you in this room wouldn't even know who they are because they're not looking for credit. They're looking for you to join the team. <laughs> why, why aren't you laughing? I ain't playing. <laughs> but you would never know who some of these guys are. Why? Because that's not what they're here for. Their hearts, they come in and they sweat 7 o'clock, unload trailers. They lay down flooring. They put up stages. They put up lights. They put up, they put up curtains. They, they, they prepare for you. 
to come. They prepare for those that need to know Jesus. And you never know who these guys are. Why? Because they're not looking for credit. They got integrity. Am I more concerned with how I perform or whether people see Christ in me? Next question is, do I spend more time on how I dress and look or on developing my character? Am I the same person no matter who I'm with? Young people, are you the same person you are with your friends as with you are here or other places? Do I make decisions based on what is right or what is most easily accepted? These are, these are, these are questions that we must wrestle with when it comes to whether or not we're concerned with image building. The next question is this, is am I a loner in my service to the Lord? You know, I like to barbecue. Anybody else like to barbecue? Old school barbecue with charcoal. Come on, somebody. Charcoal. Get the charcoal grill. You get the charcoal out. You, get to, you put the kerosene, not the kerosene, dear God. Lighter fluid. You put the lighter fluid on there and you light a match, boy. And I love to watch them as they get hot and they get red hot and they go white and they're hot and they're hot. Listen, I love that. about. But listen, do me a favor. If you do, if you do this, take one of those coals and set it out away from every, all the other coals. What's going to happen over time? Oh, at the beginning, it might be nice and hot. But before long, because it's not connected to the coals that are, all, that are burning, that are on hot, that are together, that are, that are fueling off of each other's fire, eventually that piece of coal becomes cold and useless. Here's my question. Are you a loner in your service and relationship with God? Because if you are, you have a perception of fire, but you're really cold. Ooh, you have a perception of fire, but you're really cold in your relationship, in your relationships. Listen, here's the scary part about loner mentality. Loner mentality creates opportunities for deception. I got this. It's just me and Jesus. We're going to go out here and we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to change the world. Hold on a second. Lonely coal, lonely charcoal person, lonely charcoal person. Listen to me. You're setting yourself up for deception. And when you do that, you could literally walk out of the will of God for your life. Listen, God says this in, in, uh, in Proverbs 18.1, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. That's a person that says, oh, loner mentality is, oh, you can't tell me anything. I got this. Me and Jesus, we're hunkered down. We're going all the way. Hold on, man, again. Who's the authorities in your life? Are you serving lonely mentality. Hebrews 10.25 says you should not stay away from the church meetings as some are doing, but you should meet together and encourage each other. Do this even more as you see the day coming. We're living in the last days, and I understand what we've been through in 2020, but there's nothing like coming together to worship Jesus together, coals of fire coming together, making an explosive force for God, and all those coals that were cold when they walk into the room of a place where the charcoal is lit and on fire, all of a sudden they begin to catch fire again. They feel like they're a part of a community that's on fire that will, that will help them grow in their relationship with God. I tell people all the time, you can't do this thing by yourself. And then finally, number seven is this, or number six. Am I honest about my weaknesses? Am I honest about my weaknesses? When it comes to integrity, am I honest about my weaknesses? Some we know and some we don't know. And again, this goes back to where my wife is right about everything. There are some things I just don't see. 
But for some daggone reason, she sees it all. We've been married for almost 24 years, and I think she knows me. I mean, she, she can tell when I'm about to do something stupid, and she tries to give me advice, and I don't take it, and, and I, you know, I'm the man. I got this woman. I got this. Take it easy, sister. But then I end up paying for it because I don't listen. Why? Because I have blind spots too. You got them. But who's the people in your life that can actually tell you that they're there? Oh, I got this. Again, loner mentality, lack of authority. Your relationship with God has expired. See, when we get to this place in our life, we set ourselves up for failure. Not only is she right, but I don't listen well. That's amen. I don't listen well. Listen, some weaknesses are sin, which builds a stronghold, which then allows the enemy to control you. Some of the weaknesses in our life is sin, and it builds a stronghold in our life. When we live a private life of sin, I don't care what you say about your public life. You are living with a lack of integrity, and you're being controlled by the enemy. That's all there is to it. You have a stronghold of the enemy in your life because you live with duplicity. You're a loner. You don't, you don't, you don't have an up-to-date relationship with Christ. And listen, here, here's the thought, is get people in your life that will stand with you even with the blind spots. Get with people in your life. Here's, here's what 1 Corinthians says this in verse 10. It says this, Therefore let him who thinks he stands take, least, take heed lest he fall. In other words, don't trust yourself. Listen, therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says this, No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. In other words, we all have weaknesses. But are we honest about them? Are we honest about our weaknesses? Because that's going to determine the level of integrity by which you live. You're like, Jason, what does this have to do with making a difference? Is a broken world doesn't need a broken church. A broken world needs a whole church that can show them how to be whole. Come on, somebody. Instead of us just always trying to get through our business with brokenness. I think sometimes we celebrate brokenness. Well, I'm just broken before the Lord. I ain't broken before the Lord. I'm whole before Jesus. He set me free. He delivered me. I'm not an addict. I got no skeletons in the closet. I'm filled with God's love and his spirit. I'm not broken. He was broken that I might be made whole. So stop living with that mentality. I found this poem. I don't really read poems, but I found this poem to close with. And it's by Edgar Guest. It's called Myself. Here's what it says. He says, I have to live with myself. And so I want to be fit for myself to know. I want to be able, as days go by, always to look myself straight in the eye. I don't want to stand with the setting sun and hate myself for the things I've done. I don't want to keep on a, on a closet shelf a lot of secrets about myself and fool myself as I come and go into thinking that no one else will ever know. The kind of man I really am. I don't want to dress up myself in shame, jam. I want to go out with my head erected. I want to de deserve 
all men's respect, but here in this struggle for fame and pelf, I want to be able to like myself. I don't want to look at myself and know that I'm bluster and bluff and an empty show. I never can hide myself from me. I see what others may never see. I know what others may never know. I never can fool myself and so, whatever happens, I want to be self-respected and conscious free. In other words, you can't run from you, you must face you. And if we're gonna be a generation of people that make a difference, we're gonna do it in the arm extended of integrity. When you're in the boardroom, when you're in the business, be a person, man, woman of integrity. Don't just be that at church, be that everywhere you go. When you're at school, don't just be that Christian teenager that's on fire at church and worships with their hands raised, but lives a separate private life through your social media, your Instagrams, your Snapchats. Be whole. God will bring wholeness to you in this season. And in, in turn, see, when you look at a flame of fire on a candle, you can't divide it. No matter how hard you try to divide that flame, you can't divide it. It's going to be one flame. It's going to engulf whatever tries to divide it. So for us, when it comes to integrity, that's what integrity should be. Integrity should be the flame by which whatever comes in our way that doesn't look like Christ, it is consumed because we are one with ourselves. We are one with the Christ. We are one with ourselves, and we're living in this realm of wholeness instead of brokenness and duplicity. So where are you today? Go ahead and close your eyes this morning. Bow your heads today. You need to ask yourself this question. Where do I need to be clean? Where do I need to be clean? Here's another question. Are you tired of living a double life? Are you a loner in your relationship with God? Do you not like authority in your life? How's your relationship with God? Is it expired or is it up to date? I wanna encourage you today and ask yourself today, is Jesus really the Lord of my life? You know, in my heart of hearts, and I'll say this, and for those of you that are watching online, be very careful. And this is kind of a warning, just to be careful. And here's the, here's the warning, is you think nobody will ever find out. Scripture tells us differently in Proverbs. We will all be found out. So the things which are unacceptable privately, I want to encourage you today, get right with God. Get right with God. And when you get right with God, God will transform you. And when he transforms you, it's, it, it's painful to be honest but it's also the most healthy thing you can do as an individual. So today, with your head bowed and your eye closed, I wanna pray for you. Maybe some of you in this room say, Pastor, that's me. I've been, this message really hit home. I've been struggling in some areas of integrity. And I, I wanna pray for you. I don't want nobody looking around. I just wanna pray for you. 
And if that's you, we just slip up your hand. You've been struggling in some areas of integrity where you need prayer for some things. I thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. There's no shame, there's no condemnation in this. It's a simple prayer. And hopefully when you leave today, that you'll be, you'll be so, as, as that coal coming back into the, the pit together, that you'll, you'll be so fired up to want to protect that private life, to make sure that you're not doing things uh, 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 privately, and, and that your public and your private life match together and it becomes a flame for God. So Father, for those that raised their hands today, maybe you're watching online today and you need to raise your hand right where you are, put a comment in the comments today. Maybe you're watching, you need to make that decision to say yes to Christ or, or maybe you're struggling with areas of integrity today. I wanna encourage you today. We're gonna pray for you as well. So Father, in Jesus' name, whether they're online or in person today, thank you, Holy Spirit, that God, you make all things new. You expose things in our lives to help us, to grow us, to change us, to bring transformation. Lord, the things which are hidden in our private life, that God, that is creating a stumbling block for those that need to know God. I ask today, Lord, that you would awaken us to those things and you would help us to overcome those things in this season. In the name of Jesus, those that need an updated relationship with you, I pray today that, God, they just begin to do that. They begin to read their Bible. They begin to read a plan in the U version. They just begin to read their Bible and watch what you'll do, that you'll make an expired relationship, an up-to-date relationship, and that relationship will be a beacon of light. Maybe there's those that are loners in this room. They have a loner mentality. Let's just be in the Lord. We got this. Jesus needed 12 disciples and you're not greater than Jesus. So if that's you, I wanna pray right now in Jesus' name that the door of deception and the door and the steps of deception that, are, that, that could be in front of you, that, that, that it would be broken today in Jesus' name. And even the, uh, the, the realm of authority, those that are in your life, who are those in your life that need to speak into your life? Lord God, today in Jesus' name, thank you you bring us across the right people that can that can live in that place of authority with us help us to grow and to be people of integrity so we love you today Jesus we thank you for it in Jesus name if you're watching online or maybe you're in the room today and you don't know Jesus and he's not the Lord of your life today's your day all you got to do is say yes to him in this moment and so we're gonna pray one more prayer if you're watching by online last week I had a very strong bring it down just a little bit, guys, back here behind me. I, I had a very strong uh, message at the end last week about somebody that was ready to give up. We got a testimony this week of a prayer request that came in of the exact thing I described from this platform of that person that was watching online, that we had the, the, the prayer re request came in that to pray for that person that they knew, that, that the things which I said, they were at that point. But listen to me, that person that was ready to give up was watching online last week. And they watched the services constantly. Why is that? It's because there's, there's something happening. It, it, wherever they're at, the, the word of the Lord comes and it changes you. And so today, maybe you're out there and you don't know Christ. Today you can know him. Maybe, if you're, not, maybe you're in this room and you don't know Jesus. Today's your day. I want to say this prayer together. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth today. Let's all pray this out loud together. Say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. And today, I know I'm a sinner in need of a savior. Thank you, Jesus, for being the way, 
the truth, and the life. Come into my heart. Revolutionize me. Transform me. Make me a new creature today. In the name of Jesus, I receive you as Lord and Savior into my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. Be sure to connect with us on social media, the RLC app, and online at livereallife.com.